In the past year, enterprises have faced an unprecedented change in customer behavior. As people stayed home, studied at home, worked from home, companies have had to adapt to a new normal way of doing business. With more customers than ever choosing to go digital for everything from shopping and entertainment to banking and meetings, the volume of interaction in online channels has increased. How can businesses stay connected with their customers? That's where CRM comes in. I'm Edu Manzano, and this is Clockwork, a podcast examining the gears that make our businesses tick. Today, we'll talk about CRM or Customer Relationship Management. And for this episode, we are joined by Ms. Diana Rubiano and Mr. Cocoy Claraval. We'll begin with Ms. Diana who is the Chief Marketing Officer and Marketing Technology Head of Third Pillar Business Applications, and we'll learn more about that third pillar in a bit. And she has over 10 years experience in MarTech, digital transformation, marketing, and advertising across Asia and Europe, helping organizations go digital and become customer obsessed. Koko, on the other hand, is the VP for Product Development and Engineering at Globe Business and Commercial Lead for the group's cybersecurity business. He has held positions in sales, pre-sales, product, and business development for various companies, including Accenture, Cisco Systems, and Motorola. Diana, Kokoi, welcome. Hi. Hi, thank you for having Hi. us. Thank you. Okay. Diana, I'm curious, where are you calling from? <laughs> I always get this. Um, I wish I was saying the Philippines right now, but I'm uh, based in London. I okay. am an honorary Filipina, though. I have to say this. I was living in the Philippines for nearly nine years. Um, and coming back to the UK, I now associate myself more Filipina than a UK citizen. To start, let's go Let's go into the basics. Kokoy, I'd like to start with you. Can you tell us in a nutshell what CRM is all about? CRM can be best explained uh, in sports. When you talk about number one, selecting the right customers, imagine you're running a basketball team, and you need to select the best player for each position. In business, you need to also to work out which customers can help you achieve your goal, which is your sales goal. And you may find different customers for your business. Similarly, in basketball, you would need to find the right player for the right position, and then you would scout that player. And let's say you found that player, other teams will be interested in that same player. So you need to be able to attract them, keep the benefits, salary, etc. Same goes with business. You need to attract the ideal customer. You need to offer them the benefits that competition cannot replicate. In building the relationship and when, once you've acquired that basketball player, you need to make sure that that player is happy. You're the coach, you need to make sure you strike that rapport. You develop the, te- you develop the player, you develop the team together. There must be some trust and respect. It's no different from with your customers. And your customers, you need to trust you and they need to know that you have their best interests at heart, that you put all the time and effort to help them in, in all their goals. And this whole thing that I've discussed, it's really all about customer relationship management from start to end. And that is actually CRM. It's not as complicated, or it shouldn't be as complicated as it sounds. No, because it's not exactly rocket science. What you're trying to do here is make sure the experience of the uh, client is pleasurable from entry to exit. Trying to provide their customers with the best kind of service and opportunities available. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, having that kind of a platform does this with a lot of automation and analytics 
so that you don't have to do like in the old days, diba, that you would have a Rolodex and then you have to keep tabs of contacts uh, and you have this long, maybe like a sheet, a paper that you would have to keep tabs of everything. Now, everything now is in the cloud and there's a lot of automation happening. There's a platform. So it's actually easier now. There's a lot of tools. With the uh, pandemic, you know, a lot of so-called rules and what we would call conventional wisdom, you know, has had to be uh, rearranged, uh, rewritten. And, you know, Diana, how much has changed from the pre-COVID time to the present? You know, especially in the Philippines, we were very used to going to, you know, the bank um, and doing the teletransactions instead of using, for example, the online um, or the, the web uh, portals or the the mobile apps and that changed overnight if you think about it eight billion people around the world instantaneously changed their habits and we saw a lot of organizations that we were working with as as third pillars of consulting we had to take them through that digital transformation um and that you know try and really home in to the customer expectation voice the voice of the customer is what leads any digital transformation so how do you now start to use tools that can really empower you to listen and then create the data so that you can form business decisions not only just you know in in a role like marketing but you know across it across service across sales you know, like you said, when uh, COVID came aboard, everybody was in panic mode, being the case that nobody really thought that they would have to uh, raise the level of their consciousness in terms of solutions like platforms, uh, AI and what have you. But right now, I guess you can say it's far encompassing. It's no longer just the big companies. Correct. The amazing thing is that the customer now has such a strong influence into the business. Let me share an amazing example that I had recently in the UK. One of the supermarkets who is known for, you know, just very um, retail based. They didn't have any digital platforms. Um, obviously during COVID, they then decided to uh, create a online store and you can order. Out of curiosity, I asked her, so what platform are you using um, and then she said, oh, Salesforce, we literally just acquired it and we're going through the onboarding process. And I said, oh, that's that's really funny. I am actually a Salesforce partner. To check, you know, if my order was, was arriving, I called them back. And in the notes of the ticket, she had already put in that I was a Salesforce executive, which I'm not what an actual customer experience is, is to be able to have that seamless handover regardless of who picks up a call and you're creating that that level of personalization. You had mentioned Salesforce and uh, you said that earlier you were a partner and you're with Third Pillar. What is Third Pillar and uh, what is Salesforce? Yeah, sure I do. So just for everyone's knowledge, so obviously we are a globe family partner now and we recently got acquired by globe as third pillar and um, so third pillar is really a consulting firm and a gold consulting partner of salesforce we help organizations 
transform in, and improve their digital strategies by thinking about the people, the process, the technology. And the technology happens to be the number one CRM platform in the world, which is Salesforce. Our goals as Third Pillar and Salesforce and as um, Globe are so aligned because we all think about how do we now create a better customer experience and really become a customer 360 company. Some organizations have really super rich data, but unfortunately it's just spread across the organization and it's not actionable. So how do you now create a platform that allows you to bring the data from anywhere, creating that 360 view of your customer so you can then target them with relevant content, but also have the two-way conversation that they expect. I want to ask Kokoi, you also having been in cybersecurity, you see the challenges out there, you know, and it's not going to change anytime soon. And does it mean like everything's going to stay back to normal? What we're looking here is for like adaptive solutions to any given challenge. Are we ready for that? We have a very good tagline in Globe uh, in cybersecurity. We say it like this, secure the outcome. And um, you cannot separate cybersecurity with all of this transformation that's happening because you simply cannot transform if you don't do the proper cybersecurity. And that is why, as you see a lot of this, companies move and be more digital, move to the cloud, adopt platforms like CRM, uh, teach employees on how to do things remotely anywhere they are. That's one of the things that's happening now is everything is going remote, all the more that you need to do cybersecurity. And that is why we, we see a lot of growth also in that in that sector. And the nice thing about the Philippines is we, we're not as yet to the level of the other countries. So there's a lot of opportunity to educate and put in the right pieces together so that you do it right. Therefore, very excited in that area as well aside from CRM as what we're talking about here. It's safe to say that we all realize that this is a game changer. How do we break the ice with the customer, making them fully realize that, you know, all these little big little challenges you had before or these roadblocks, we can now help you overcome them. What's a good way to kind of bring them over to the fold? When we talk about customers, we obviously talk about enterprise or SMEs um, and they are our B2B customers, but we also then talk about their customers, right? And that's, that's what we always try and align to first. Like if we're talking to Globe um, and, you know, we, we, we helped Globe um, with their digital transformation. And what we started off with was, what do you need to achieve to create a better customer experience. And we always think about the process, the what do you want to achieve for that customer before you even talk about product or data. And I think that's the crucial starting point. Um, and then we now then start to create a um, an architecture that will help you see how technology can enable you to reach the ultimate goal which is creating that better customer experience but i think it's so crucial for organizations to really start to understand what they want for that customer experience if you don't set that vision if you don't have that at hand 
what are you creating solutions for? How do you know that the products that you're going to invest in are really going to drive those outcomes? Well, I guess you can say the same about Globe's Gcash. It was just floating around for a couple of years. Correct. Uh, you know, it was not really mine. People were really giving it a lot of their time and then boom, we get hit by the pandemic and right away the subscriber base kind of grew by leaps and bounds. And before you know it, it became a major player in online banking. Exactly that, right? So in Gcash, it was very much that people's adaptability to it and, and how they were able to improve it as they went on with, with the pandemic is so important because they didn't just leave it as what they were, right? They they really tried to leverage on the data that they were getting to help improve and to create, um, you know, even communication around it how personalized is it to their customers so you know we we have talks with the team and uh, we know that how much they want to improve and where they want to get to and and it is amazing to see these visions have now expanded and and they're really now looking at is it like it's not the pandemic that's leading it it's really now thinking about what do our customers need beyond you know today they're they're creating the future of tomorrow and they're not just waiting for the tech uh, giants to kind of say look this is the technology that's coming out and these are the tech ten trends they're really building it for themselves and and i think that's the these are the organizations that will win in the future um and not the ones that are just kind of waiting for the you know next trend and then jumping on it Koi, you know, I'm, I'm starting to uh, realize how CRM has helped some businesses um, go digital, but how can these businesses leverage CRM solutions like Salesforce to better serve their customers? There was a study made and that said that 79% of all marketing leads never really get converted to sales. Imagine that, what a waste of effort, right? But with the right CRM solution, you will get very good result in finding the right customers and matching it with the right set of solutions. So that's number one. Uh, second one is being able to build very good, long-lasting, sustainable relationships. After you know what is most important, you actually recommend what is the right product or solution for them. And the third is, once you have that relationship, how do you scale that? You know, it's like a concierge, but for everyone, but it's one-to-one, meaning, the customers will love you for that personal experience, but as you grow as a company, you need to make sure that you continue doing that. The probability of selling to somebody new is maybe about 5 to 20%. But the probability of selling to your existing customer is in the 60 or 70% range. So it's way cheaper to actually get more business out of existing customers. And if you're able to do that, then you're also able to increase employee productivity. Every 5% reduction in your customer defection rate, increase your profit multiple fold. So imagine if you didn't have a CRM, you can still do these things, but it, probably it will take you some time to execute because you're gonna put in a lot of people doing all of this manually with no platform, with no, so it's, it's not scalable. I think it's every business that needs to do it. One of our recent stories was uh, Cytum. So Cytum is the international trade um, show, right? So that they, they create Manila fame, um, they create all of the food expos. 
And imagine how physical that is in nature, right? How do you then transform a very physical, you know, format to digital? And they created a CRM that and a platform backed by the CRM that will help them onboard new customers into a trade show and then help them promote their products to and connect them to sellers across the world and then create the sellers into lifelong customers so that when these expos happen they're going into a digital platform then they're already connecting with um with merchants that they've already highlighted as uh, key for their business or, or um, products that they want to bring on board. And based on the different interactions that the, the buyer has taken on a particular email campaign, I then know what his preference is. And I can start to build a digital collection for them to push out relevant catalogs so that they're more intrigued and uh, as Coco was mentioning, convert higher, right? So we're using these tools to really start to push sales and close that loop. I can see that, you know, people can really see the upside, you know, if they take advantage of the tools that uh, you're offering. But there has to be, a, I mean, there are, I guess, what you could call some pitfalls of CRM implementation. Are these things that businesses should be wary about? Or that, how can they avoid these? A lot of businesses fall under the pitfall of I'm going, I know that I have to get a CRM, but I'm going to just lean on the cheapest one. I know that budgets are a big concern for organizations, but if you think about it, in the long run, in the, in the ability to scale, is the cheapest going to be the most helpful um, and profitable for you? Because with, when you're looking at platforms like CRM, you want to look at, am I going to start off with my basic need, which might be onboarding my sales team and automating their sales process and having visibility across the organization and has the ability to deliver that at scale. Let's say you've gone through it, right? And you're in the middle of adoption. You know, you can't leave that uh, system to be used on its own. You need to make sure that the users in, in this case, a lot of it are salespeople, marketing, will we'll actually use it. Now, the, here's the thing, right? Human nature tells us that if it requires more work, I'll probably not prioritize it, especially if I'm a salesperson. I'll probably, I, I want to use my time for selling. Why would I learn some new stuff? So these are sort of the things that to watch out for. And therefore, you know, if you work with companies that help you adopt, and third peer is very good at it because they actually can help transition. You, you, you need to make sure that the users really understand what's in it for them when they do this. How do you now make sure that they aren't nervous about technology? How do you then articulate that this is something that's going to help you progress in your career and help you in your everyday tasks? Also make sure that all of this would require some form of integration with other systems. You wanted CRM, you want a full view. But if it's disjointed at the back, there's no 360 view. So you end up really, you know, what we call it, the spaghetti architecture. Yes. <laughs> Correct. You know, let's talk about the future of CRM. You know, we're more than a year into these community quarantines. It doesn't look, really look like it's going to uh, end anytime soon. 
before we can go back to any sense of real normalcy or how we believe it was in the past. So businesses will need to constantly adapt to uh, evolving challenges uh, moving forward. So what do you see are either the trends or projections? I think the biggest one that we're kind of seeing is the democratization of technology. And what that means is that allowing your employees to also become your IT arm. They're the ones that help you innovate your products. And that requires an open source platform, right? Um, just like Salesforce, if you go to the Salesforce platform, you uh, have apps, uh, an app store, and these are just partners or customers that have built applications around a problem that they've seen on the platform itself. So everything is interconnected. So with that idea, you're trying to create the same process for all of your employees, regardless of where they are in the business. And that allows IT to really concentrate on the bigger plans, right? You're not just building that pipeline for them, you're trying to help them out um, with the workforce that you have. And also your workforce will see that, wow, they're investing so much in me. I feel so empowered. I feel so, I feel like entrepreneurial within the business and I can really help the progression of it. So I'm going to invest my time. I'm going to invest my energy, right? Um, and that has a huge driver. For me, I'm, I'm super excited on what IoT, which is also, by the way, related to Digital Twin, um, but how IoT will integrate with, with CRM. And uh, there's a couple of examples. Uh, in fact, some of them, you know, we're in the middle of cooking up uh, some of these things. But first one is, um, you know how, if you're familiar with Google Glass, right? And some of these um, competitors, but that uh, device can be very useful in many uh, industries that can be useful in the hospitality hospitality industry where imagine your hotel supervisor at the lobby where's that and as people come in especially vips he will be able to identify really who the vip is get relevant customer information on the fly from the glass and have that intelligent conversation as if he actually knows the customer in fact he does because it's already in the system. But today we do that with typically a tablet and then they get information. But all of those can be integrated in IoT devices. It's like having a personal Jarvis of some sort and then that's gonna up customer experience in just, just in that industry. Another example would be, I think in the automotive industry, there's a lot of integration that's happening obviously with IoT in the cars and how all of those information happening in the car itself, in the driving condition, in the manner by which the driver is driving the car, all these get aggregated and to some form of course of CRM, where now you know a lot of things about your customer, his driving habit, details about when the maintenance is due, just getting some maybe a, a calculation on the insurance rating of, of that person. All this information before, without IoT, you would typically get this directly from a customer, right? But because a lot of every part of our business, every part of our life is now getting into automation and devices, all of this will feed information and 
the way to manage that information is some form of CRM. So that's going to be pretty interesting when that happens. And, uh, and maybe a third one would be, which is more here and now, is how all of these voice-enabled devices are starting to really um, make a difference on how we do things, right? So at the back end of those devices is obviously a CRM system that actually takes note of really what you're doing, what you're requesting, what you're feeling, all of those things. So pretty excited. There's a lot of really cool stuff that's going to happen. It's going to change how we do and live our lives. We're very personable. You know, we love the little hug. We love the little tap on the back. You know, we love calling everybody from a kuya to an ate. There's a little bit of a uh, unspoken respect that is demanded. When we talk about SMEs, who I guess we all can agree is the heart and soul of our economy, how do you break that barrier or that glass door? Again, going back to the level of personalization that you're able to have with those, with the with the data that you start to build as an organization. I think, you know, what you hit it perfectly. The Philippines is so personal. I, I think when I lived there, I had to completely change my, not only management style, but also just my daily interaction with friends and, and with everyone I came across because it is a level of just family and respect. But when you look at businesses, I don't feel that in the Philippines because that gets lost because they're not able to offer that level of personalization. So you then start to have one culture where you're very aligned with, you know, family and being able to have those very deep personal conversations to not being able to feel that in a business and then the irritation and the gap is very, very apparent. So I think with, with the ability to collect data and use CRM, um, and when we talk about CRM, we're not just talking about you know one aspect of the business. It has to be thought about, we're talking from sales, service, marketing, employee engagement, HR, everything. So that you're starting to have a consistent experience that's personalized across the entire business that's able to communicate with the customer in real time through any channel. If the SMEs didn't have the opportunity to, to leverage on, on these kinds of platforms, just take Facebook with all of its commerce engines, and it does have some form of CRM. You could do some targeted uh, marketing uh, with segmentation of customer base. How will an SME actually compete without the tools that have been made available? In fact, for me, SMEs are the number one winners in terms of adoption. If they, and most of them do, if they do adapt, they actually become more competitive. And in fact, there was a lot of stories here, remember last year, where there was a growth in a lot of these entrepreneurs because of the pandemic. And they used a lot of CRM tools at the back end for them to be able to compete. And some of them really never returned back, no? They were, they just continued their new business because they, that was their passion. And I think that's such a key thing for, if you look at the entrepreneur mindship, it's like they have very bold leaders. And that's what I think we now need to focus on. What is, what is the type of leadership that's going to help you look for the future and create that future for the organization? Um, and the SMEs that are bold, creative, and really start to create that future for themselves are the ones that are clearly winning um, 
and progressing and, and maybe, you know, huge threat to major enterprises that are out there. Well, now we're getting a chance to see just how CRM tools are working behind the scenes and that help provide a, a seamless customer experience that benefits both parties. But before we close, um, Diana and Kokoi, would you like to add? Ladies first. <laughs> the only thing that I really want to kind of like add is just the importance of now thinking beyond just your typical CRM. Think about what that platform is able to do for you. You need to look at it from an architectural level. Is it agile enough? Are they innovating? Is it a platform that has sat for a while and I'm just getting it because, you know, price point relevance, you know, at the end of the day, you need to think about the longevity of it. What does it offer in the long run? You might not be getting there right now, but you will. And and the the great thing about having partnership and I, you know, as consultancies or um, CRM providers is that you align your vision to them. Are you seeing your consultant partner and your technology partner? Are, a true you know collaborative experience to get you to the next level and if it's not then rethink it don't just stick to budgets i know that it's so so hard to do but i think in today's world we need to think beyond that and how does the platform itself allow you to transform for me the key to a long-standing successful customer relationship is not transactional in nature. And what it means is all of us, uh, whether you're a business owner or you're part of a big business, when you're doing your job, it is super important to have a 360 degree view of the customer. That whole customer journey from the time they were not yet your customers, we were trying to get them up to the time that you're hoping to, you know, make sure that you're able to preserve that relationship and, and recover from, let's say, you effed up, right? And you want to recover and you save that customer. It has to be a 360 view, uh, which means to say a 360 view requires an all hands on deck for organizations. It means capturing information every step of the way, whether that's structured or unstructured data. It's, it, it also means that from a um, culture and belief standpoint, your organization is really obsessed with that kind of thinking. And once you have that, then your likelihood of future success is going to be higher because you will have very, very loyal customers that will stick with you through thick and thin. Well, with that, thank you very much, Mr. Coque Claraval of Globe Business and uh, from Third Pillar, Miss Diana Rubiano. And you're always welcome when the weather gets too cold in the UK. <laughs> Look forward to being back in the Philippines. Thank you so much, Eddie. Thank you. Have a wonderful time. Thank you very much to our guests for all their valuable insights. And I'm sure our listeners, especially those with a passion for sales, marketing, entrepreneurship, have so much to take away from this conversation. This has been Edu Mansano. Join us again next time for another episode of Clockwork, powered by Globe Studios.